0: So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life closeted Family. Today we are going to talk about love and connection and dating, all that messy stuff that happens when we're trying to figure out who the heck we are out here in the LGBT TQ plus I a all that stuff, because it gets messy. Let's just be honest. It can be messy being in relationships, trying to get into a relationship. You tell yourself you want to be in a relationship, but are you really, really, you really want a relationship? You're on all the apps going, no, no, let's just hook up, which is fine. That's there's nothing wrong. I'm not criticizing that. But What happens when you really want to find the pathway forward? And there's so many ways to go there. Well, today we're really, really, really blessed to have a love and connection expert with us. They're also a therapist and they've done a lot of work in the diversity inclusion world as well. So we're going to kind of go all over the place with this conversation, but it's going to be really, really, really poignant, I feel like. Our guest today is Mo Ari Brown. They are the love and connection expert for the app hinge and we're going to go dive into that like why hinge and not these others we're going to just go we're going to get serious with that although i've heard really good things about hinge not that i'm on the market i'm married for you know 14 years 9 years something like that i can't even remember that's really bad but i've been together with my man for 22 so um but i'm really excited to have mo here today and sharing and bringing all his beautiful self to the world and also He may even reveal that he also represents as a they. So Mo, I am so excited you're here. And I really appreciate you taking time to be here with me and my life and closeted family.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and I'm ready to jump in. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a great conversation.
0: Awesome. Well, since you're ready to jump in, the show is now yours. Rick shuts the fuck up and you take over. (laughs) It's just the way it goes. No, I'm kidding. Um, But um, I'm really fascinated by all the movement that's starting to happen. Like it seems like every day there's a new app somewhere for dating or hooking up or whatever it is. So what drew you to working with Hinge and then carving out that space of being a love and connection expert? It's always interesting to like, what's the backstory, how you got there?
1: Yeah, so I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist by training. I went to Northwestern for undergrad and grad school, got my a master's in marriage and family therapy. And for the past decade, I've been working with individuals, couples, families, people who identify as non monogamous uh, in therapy, uh, covering a, ri- a wide variety of topics. Uh, somewhere through my work as a therapist, probably pretty early on, I I understood myself as transgender. So I went through mm-hmm. gender transition. I'd say you're kind of always in transition. Um, yep. But here, having been on testosterone, probably going on six years or more now, I uh, I developed a bit of an expertise working with the transgender community, the LGBTQ plus community. So I still see all kinds of people for relationship therapy, uh, but LGBTQ plus people Black people, people at the intersection of those identities have been a large part of my base. And so when I got the opportunity to join Hinge, what stood out to me is Hinge has this ongoing mission of being the most inclusive dating app. Hinge is also laser focused on uh, helping people to connect and to ground in love uh, we want to create a less lonely world. So a big part of the work that I do at Hinge is uh, to give advice to daters on and off of the app and to support Hinge in making sure that the app remains a very inclusive space for all people to be their authentic selves. I believe in that 100 100- a hundred times over, a large part of my work as a therapist has been authenticity. I call it mm-hmm. radical authenticity because we know it takes a lot to be our authentic selves and uh, in the world when we we're LGBTQ plus people. Why is it radical? Because sometimes we face opposition. Sometimes we face threat. Sometimes we are told that we will not belong or we're not going to be included because mm-hmm. we are ourselves. So it takes this radical act of uh, authenticity in order to overcome that so i call it radical authenticity as the core I, of my therapy work
0: i i love that huh because it is so similar to my mission i want people so my whole brand is about being unapologetically who you are i love it and as i was as i'm working on book number two um we're playing around with things and i okay i can dabble this out It's not a final thing yet, but the name of the book is called Unapologetic. And as I've been working Mm -hmm. with, you know, people trying to really like, okay, but what's the subtext of it and all this? I mean, the book's written, shopping it right now um, to get an agent representation. But somebody asked me one day, like, okay, but what do you really mean by being unapologetic? I'm like, I want people to be radically authentic. That's what I want i love and that and so then you said that and i got goosebumps of course my heart started beating really fast That's which isn't good because my my little heart monitor things probably telling my doctor boyfriend's having something going on there's a thing no it's not that bad <laughs> but um but it is interesting and so somebody said okay but radical authenticity what does that really mean to you and i said well it's kind of like being radically unapologetic there's no reason to apologize for who you are and how you want to show up in the world with one condition yeah. one caveat yeah. As long as you do that in a way that doesn't hurt somebody else. Exactly. That's the thing, you know, exactly. If nothing we in the LGBTQ plus community are doing to actually mm-hmm. hurt other people, regardless of what a lot yeah. of people think. Um, yeah, And I, we're just being authentically who we are mm-hmm. authentically who we are. And I love that yeah. authenticity. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure you have seen this numerous times in therapy that at the core of much therapy it is about just becoming radically authentic. Like, this mm-hmm. is who I am. This yeah. is what I've been through. This is what mm-hmm. I'm feeling. You know, I remember sitting in the therapy chair, you know, as my marriage unraveled when I was mm-hmm. married to my ex-wife and her almost begging, like, isn't there some way we can make this work? And I said, I have to be completely honest. No, yes. that's not fair to you. And mm-hmm. it's not fair to me. Because I couldn't have one foot in this life and one foot in that life. That's why yeah. we were where we were. And it was the first time, Mo, that I was really nervous about being that like open. and I mean, I've been open and honest on many things, but it's mm-hmm. like I'm actually telling somebody I really care about that, no, we are done. Yeah, Not because you're bad, not any of that. It, we are done because I have to be me. And yes, that hurt, and there was a lot of pain and stuff. But I think, to your point, this radical authenticity is what can move people forward. So in your own journey, I am quite sure, in your own transition and coming into your truth, that being radically authentic was a huge piece of, like, I have to go be this. I have to do this. Correct?
1: Yeah, that that journey toward what felt authentic to me, uh, it felt long, but in... I, but honestly, it was like once I realized you're bisexual, you're transgender, these and they happened at different moments. Once I sure. realized these things about myself, uh, I couldn't unsee it. I couldn't unhear it. So it was like instantaneously the transition happened because I was mm-hmm. making now a deliberate choice to live authentically. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we think authenticity has to be this long journey and truth Authenticity is like a moment by moment choice to show up fully and to really engage deeply in the present moment. And so at the moment we choose our choose to honor our identities, we are living authentically uh, and then we just keep choosing that. So we choose to live authentically each day. So it's more moment by moment and very present. And so for me, that journey was getting good with that, being mm-hmm. present, being with myself, moment to moment, becoming very self-aware and grounding in my truth, regardless of the adversity that I was experiencing. For many of us, though, mm-hmm. this actually starts with
0: ourselves.
1: Yeah.
0: And this loneliness that you alluded to, and there, there is, a, I would have to say as a coach, the thing that comes up the most these days, and I work pretty exclusively with gay men, either coming out of the closet or gay men just over 40 going through you know, the next adventures of their life, right? Loneliness is one of the things that shows up the most frequently in the conversations. Mm -hmm. And I find, and I'm going to put myself in this seat right now that when I have felt the loneliness, loneliest, it was because I wasn't being authentically who I am. Mm. I was trying to be everybody else's version of me. Mm. And so suddenly that piece of myself was sitting over there in the closet, literally, Going, mm-hmm. But 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 but. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're putting yourself in that space where okay, I have to be what everybody else wants me to be, you can't help yeah. but feel loneliness. You can't help but yeah. feel isolated. Mm-hmm. And so then, what I've seen in our community is that isolation. I know you've seen this too, and I'd yeah. love to get your perspective on this. The more we do that, the more likelihood that there's going to be anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. isolation, worst case scenarios, suicide, all these sort of things. So the more we step into this and start embracing our truth, we also start to heal the loneliness. Now, in Mm -hmm. my case, and in many people's cases, sometimes we can let, okay, we start to get there and then somebody shows us some attention and we start to feel the good stuff, which is great. We want to feel the good stuff. But then that's when sometimes we can make that codependency and that projection, like, okay, this person's doing it all for me. And I really encourage my clients to like embrace what loneliness looks like for you. Mm -hmm and learn how to navigate it with yourself so that you can then step more further into your authentic being, because the more authentic you can be with yourself, the more authentic you'll be in your relationships, the more authentic you'll Mm -hmm. say, this is what I desire. The more authentic you'll be able to show up and work in every aspect of life. So I'm curious now, Mr. Therapist, (laughs) Uh, how much of what I just said is a bunch of BS or how much of it is actually true.
1: Well, I think, you know, What you said is beautiful. And I think what's standing out to me is this sentiment around loneliness requiring internal work. I think so many people are, well, we know now more than ever, people are experiencing loneliness. Uh, So what's standing out to me is... There's something so beautiful and I'm trying to put it into words. That's okay. I mean, this is an (laughs)
0: interesting, I I have thought about this a lot because honestly, Mo, this hit me not long ago. I actually, uh, it probably, okay. It was probably, probably October, November of 2023. I was having one of my 40 plus gay men's chats for my other podcast. And we talked about loneliness and the thing that came up, like I, I had a pretty big group. So that told me this was a big topic. I mean, usually I get I don't know 20, 25, we we had like 50 guys show up for this conversation. And the thing that was prevalent was my loneliness causes me to go isolate. Yet my mm. isolation is what causes my loneliness. Yeah. And when I asked one guy the question I said, "Okay, but can you actually can you work through this if you're in isolation?" Yeah. Now there's a piece of it. Yes. The more we can be with ourselves and learn that And this is one of the things that I have struggled with for many, many years right after coming out was I had never been with myself. I went straight from college into a marriage, straight from there into being a father. And I loved every bit of it. There wasn't any of that that I didn't. But the truth was I was a gay guy hiding behind all that. Like, look, I'm cool. Everything's good, you know. But inside I was dying a very lonely self because myself was like, what what about me? What about me? Mm -hmm. And so, as we had that conversation that night, it kind of started popcorning. Other guys started saying, Yeah, I've learned that the times that I feel the loneliest is the time that I turn into myself and really be with myself and embrace. How many people get to be with themselves and not have to worry about kids and obligations and all this? Take the moment of being with yourself and let that be a time to celebrate. Let it be a time of being in stillness, being in the present moment, as you said, Mo. And so that's why, you know, as soon as you went there today, I'm like, oh, we're kind yeah. of going somewhere really interesting here.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I as I'm thinking, what's coming to mind is, is this idea that I've been having for a long time, which is that loneliness really is a, it can be like a guidepost. It can be a symptom, if you will, of something else that's happening for us. So when I experience loneliness or whenever I'm sitting with someone experiencing loneliness, I ask them to, like you said, embrace the loneliness and then ask it what it has to show you. Like, what is loneliness trying Mm -hmm. to tell you? And quite often it's saying, I want more connection. And what you're getting at is this relationship to ourself that's required in order to allow other people to celebrate us or to uh-huh. be connected to us or in relationship with us in a vulnerable way. And so for uh, anybody who is experiencing loneliness, some part of that work is receptivity. We have to allow ourselves to be seen. I think that that's at the core of this work around authenticity yep. as well. Is that in order to be received or accepted or to belong, I have to show up. I have to allow myself to lean into that connection. Um, And so I think what you said is beautiful to answer your question.
0: Well, I think the interesting piece, and thank you for that acknowledgement, but the interesting piece of this kind of comes full circle to the work you like do with Hinge and obviously in your practice. But if we're going to truly feel love and connection, we have to embrace the times that we feel disconnected and loneliness to understand what connection really feels like. Mm -hmm. We have to Mm -hmm. learn to love ourselves so we can go out and love other people. And I'm sure you have, I can't even imagine the number of times you probably have, you know, in in your (laughs) articles and sharing and doing everything you do with Hinge, help people really understand that at the core of love and connection is that piece of being connected to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you can't bring it to somebody else if you're not there. If you're putting it all out to somebody else, it's like those of us that are people pleasers audience. I'm raising my hand. (laughs) It's really easy to take care of everybody else. And it's also really easy to slip into resentment and anger and all this stuff. If we haven't learned how that actually looks
1: Mm -hmm. by
0: being in that in the right
1: Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And so then we
0: have that conflict of, I really want to feel love. I want to feel connection, but a lot of times the next words are, but I feel so lonely trying to get there. Yeah. So if somebody is working in that space, like you're hearing those words, what is something that you really try to help them start to hone in on? Like, I feel lonely, but I really want the love and the connection. How do you help them start to move forward into making it a reality?
1: Yeah. When I think about the work that's required in order to really embrace our authenticity, be in relationship in a healthy way, uh, what comes to mind is this need for us to experience it first with ourselves. Like we're talking about the image that is coming to mind actually, or the analogy here, if you will, is this idea of, let's say ice cream flavors. Let's say you never tasted the ice cream flavors before you never had language, but you go into a shop and they have 50 different kinds. How do Mm -hmm. you name them? Mm
0: -hmm. A
1: lot of us, Operate in relationship kind of in this way, expecting that we're going to miraculously taste chocolate and know it's chocolate. And a lot of times, what we're doing is going into relationship and saying, I, I really want love. I want to experience love. Uh, but I don't know what that is because I haven't experienced it first with myself. So, what uh-huh. you're getting at is pretty profound. I think that that's like, what I'd start with offering them or illustrating for them is that we have to build this language or this vocabulary within our relationship with ourselves to know love when we see it as it exists. How do we know that we are being received authentically if we haven't received ourselves authentically? How do we know what that feels like to be in euphoria if we haven't experienced that in our our bodies? And it does kind of challenge common notions around relationship to decenter the other person and center like ourselves in that, uh, not being selfish, but decenter the need to experience love through another person first. I I say be your own first love. That's like my motto. If you can be your own first love, then everybody else has to compete with that part of you that is like mm-hmm. really loving you fully, and then you'll know, and you'll be prepared for relationships. I say start there with that self relationship. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. You bring up the ice cream metaphor, because one of the things I often say to my clients as we're working through, like starting to accept yourself and know who you are is if you think about as a child, we learn everything by kind of people telling us what something is. Yeah. So I want you just for a moment to imagine that as a child, you see this thing that's kind of tall got some weird things that stretch out all over the place maybe the it's got some long skinny things coming off of it and then there's some little things hanging off of it that are green or whatever until somebody tells us it's a tree it's just something yeah and until you tell yourself that you're love you're just something until you tell yourself that you're worthy you're just something Mm. until you learn to be who you're meant to be You're just something trying to figure it all out. And I always love the phrase of, and guess what the beauty of the journey is? There's not anybody who's got it figured out yet.
1: There's nobody.
0: And that's Mm -hmm. part of the beautiful journey. And I think with the work you do with Hinge is helping people because this is, you know, let's be realistic. For the most part, and fair warning everybody, I'm generalizing here. For the most part of it, most humans would like to have a relationship with someone that's intimate. And I'm not saying just one person. They're, they're going to go the whole non-monogamy route and all this sort of stuff. But I think all of us want to have a loving, intimate relationship or ships to help us feel more alive, to help us feel more desired, all of these different things. And yet, the thing that can take that away the most is, I've tried and it doesn't work for me. I've tried and there's no hope. I've tried it. And so when somebody gets in that space, Mo, what's a great way for them to realize there is a way forward? And I know I'm really putting you on the spot with that question because there's a hundred different ways,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, you know, like what lands on my heart and I'll just say out loud is that love, love can be called many names. Mm-hmm. And so there might be, there, I could even say that there are levels to this. Like yep. when you're meeting a person and you're sharing in connection, I think love can be that simple. I don't think that it has to be your endless love that you spend the rest of your life with. Mm-hmm. But I believe that love is like free flowing between people like energy and when you are meeting someone and say that the relationship didn't work out, it doesn't mean that love wasn't present there. Love can mm-hmm. take many forms, and it can show up in your life in many ways at many times. So when I think about approaching relationship, and I do this with all of my relationships, friendships, the people I work with, I approach it with love. Love being this guiding principle uh, that navigates all connection. And so when you think about that, your life is not empty of love. It's not void of love. It's full of love. Mm-hmm. It's a perspective shift though, to honor the love as it shows up, whether it be for two dates or Mm -hmm. two months or Mm -hmm. two years and two lifetimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And love really can take many forms and can be called many names. It can be many things in your life at many different points in time.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, as I went through my divorce, um, obviously it's never easy. You know, we were together 13 years and two beautiful girls in our life. And, you know, it's a shock. Your husband's gay. You know, it's not an easy pill to swallow, so to speak. And there were moments, going to be honest, um, I wasn't the best at navigating through that, nor was she. But when I give myself the room to go, okay, if I just let love kind of show up in this moment versus being pissed off, what happens? Well, first of all, I calm down. I calm way down. Like, okay, I I calm down. I also learned to what can I, and again, it was hard and it's still hard at times. What can I learn to love about this moment that's happening right now, even if it's pushing every freaking button? Mm-hmm. And what I learned through that, Mo, is, and again, I'm not perfect at this by any stretch of imagination. I'm a human bald headed guy. Let's go there, right? <laughs> um, is to really embrace whatever is happening in that moment is actually, and I'm going to go really coachy here for a moment, is really happening for me. There's Absolutely. something yet I'm still meant to be learning. There's some way of, you know, being presence in these moments to say, okay, how do you now navigate that? How can you be who you're meant to be in that space? And again, I think for many people who are, you know, they're on hinge or they're on, you know, you know, in my world, scruff or grinder and, you know, all these different places, it's accept the moment you're in. I had a client the other day say, you know, I just... I just want to, you know, I just want to have a hookup. I said, then go have a hookup. Give yourself permission to have that. Yes, but it feels so I'm like, okay, I understand what it may feel like, but do you want to experience what you want to experience? Or do you want to experience like what you think it's going to feel like? What if we change what it feel like after you've had that experience? And it was really interesting mode to hear this person kind of shift gears. I said, Do what you want with this. I'm just your coach trying to say, what would happen if the feeling that you want to experience is changed? Because he had brought up numerous times, like every time I do a hookup, I feel this. I just feel this. I'm like, okay, well, what can we do to change what you feel afterward? And we stepped into that space of, what if you could actually feel and love the experience of what happens after the hookup, as much as you're enjoying what's happening in the hookup? Mm. And he got really, really quiet. He goes, so you're saying I need to just love what I feel afterwards. I said, I'm not telling you what to feel. I'm saying, what if you changed it to loving what it felt like? What if you felt the pleasure afterwards? What if you felt the ease and just being at at peace with yourself that I I let myself enjoy a hookup for what it was? And it was so powerful, Mo, because I saw him start to shift. And this is a guy who's really struggled in his dating life. And so he had gotten to points where he would date and he would not hook up at all. Like, nope, it's all about dating. And I'm like, cool, if that's the path you want to go on, but are you cutting your nose off to spite your face by cutting off mm. another piece of your desires? I never call them needs because I don't think any of us, quote, need sex. I think we desire that sexual and that intimacy sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think this is something that in all communities, but especially in the LGBTQIA sort of communities, It's really hard to get past the constructs of, okay, if I am part of this community, do I have to fit that mold of hookup, hookup, hookup? Or if I want to have a hookup and then feel really intimate about going on a date, just being on a date with someone and I don't really want to hook up with them. So there's got to be multiple channels. And you kind of brought this up at the very beginning about you know the non-monogamous pathways and stuff like that. I think this is a lot of the construct that people are up against right now is a lot of people are going, is One person is only hooking up, is only dating and dating to end up in all these questions are really bubbling,
1: even in
0: the heterosexual world where they may not want to admit it at this point. Yeah. Is that what you're seeing too? Is like, there's just so many different pathways right now.
1: But absolutely. I think that, you know, well, one, a hinge and as a therapist myself, I personally believe that. Relationships aren't one size fits all. There's not Mm -hmm. like this cookie cutter way to navigate relationship. And I think for many queer people, we either didn't get great examples of what relationship could look like outside of those traditional scripts that we're supposed to follow. We could question whether or not those scripts were even good. And Uh then we often get this opposition toward our relationships, how we live, how we love. And I think it really ends up leaving us without these blueprints. I found myself even not feeling like I have a blueprint. So Mm -hmm. a lot of what I'm focused on at Hinge is um, offering people valuable tools and resources around relationships. So we released at the last quarter, of the year, another round of not so frequently asked questions, which is mm. uh, also known as NFAQ. And it's a resource that is inside of the app that is a culmination of a lot of queer voices, myself included, have contributed answers to some of the most pressing questions in queer dating. And uh, it, we also answer questions around identity. But I think res- mm-hmm. resources like this are really, really important because we don't get uh a lot of guidance or advice about like what who we get to be in the world and mm-hmm. i think it's beautiful to participate in something personally for me where i get to just say all of it is okay bring your whole mm-hmm. self be your whole full self and know that you are love and you are loved just for that uh i think we don't get that kind of affirmation in our community elsewhere and i'm just glad to be a part of that Uh, So I'd say I'm seeing a lot of people questioning all of the time, like, do I do this or do I do that to be successful? And it's like, all of it's love. You Mm -hmm. choose what lights you up. You choose what makes you feel happy. You choose what makes you uh, feel whole. Those relationships that celebrate you and see you uh, are really important. Lean in there, lean out of the spaces that are denying you existence and visibility. Yeah. And I
0: think that's the toughest piece. (laughs) because we yeah. have all all humans okay I'm going to step out of our lgbtq plus community right now for a moment absolutely I've been so conditioned by mm-hmm. here's the way yeah. I don't I don't care if you're even in the lgbtq community we are still living by certain societals here's the way right <clears throat> and when you start to realize anything can be the way you know the biggest question I get from guys freshly coming out of the closet is how do I do this
1: mm-hmm.
0: well you do it your way Yeah. You get to do it your way. Well, but so-and-so said, do this. And -and so-and-so said, I said, and you're going to hear me say something that you may go, okay, my coach said this. I may say that, but I'm not saying go do it this way. Now, if you ask me a question, like, what did you do? I'm going to say, here's what I did. And this may not fit for you, Mm -hmm. but we're going to have those conversations. And I love Mm -hmm. how you just shared that Mo, because I think this is where so many of us, a, get hung up on, we want... Okay, and let's let's admit, <laughs> we're in a like, let's make it happen now. That's the way we want things in society today. I want that instant gratification. However, mm-hmm. my instant gratification at 19, when I did come out to my parents and told them, hey, here's the deal, also scared me to death. Mm-hmm. So much so to the point that I went, quote, back in the closet. Mm-hmm. At 36... When that, quote, gratification, which wasn't instant, it was 13 years of like, okay, I'm living some story, came forward, I was ready. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the thing we have to give ourselves room for. There's so many changes that have happened in my current relationship that if I had known that you know, 20 years ago, I would have said that is never going to happen in this relationship. And yet here we are. I think that's the beauty of us allowing ourselves to step into new truths. As long as we also share those new truths with those that we're in relationships with, because the hiding and the not being honest about stuff and everything is, as you know, as a therapist, that's where everything starts to fall apart. And, um, I love the stuff that you share in your social media with your wife and, Mm. you know, the stuff that you bring up and, you know, it's common stuff that more people need to be thinking through like, oh, wow, I never saw that. I never felt that way. And I'm not saying that everybody's blind to this stuff, but I think for most of us, the first thing that happens is if I admit this, Mm. everything's going to fall apart. Mm. Yes, that's one possibility. But then there's this possibility, and then there's this possibility, and there's this possibility. And I think that's the beauty of being in a true space and the work you're doing with Hinge and Mm -hmm. your own work of truly being on that mission to create the love and connection so that people can see sometimes the love and connection actually gets bolstered by speaking your most scary truth. Mm -hmm. You learn to embrace somebody because of their truth. You may also decide that can't work for me. Okay, great. Wow. In fact, Martha Beck, uh, really well-known. She was Oprah's life coach for a while and part of O's network and everything. I'll never forget the day that I heard her on a show say, you know, the biggest thing about relationships is if you're pretending to be somebody that you're not, then that person is having a relationship with somebody who's pretending. Absolutely. And do you want that? And do they want that? That's the big questions to be asking. And if it does end up that it doesn't work out, hallelujah, Because (laughs) wouldn't you rather be having a relationship with somebody who's really real versus somebody who's not being fully present?
1: Yeah. I just had this conversation with a friend. She Mm. was uh, talking about an ex and she said, well, you know, I really, I wish that we could have worked out if he would have just changed these things. And I stopped her immediately. I interjected, I cut her off and I was like, you didn't want him. If he Mm -hmm. had to change things about him to be with you outside of his desire to change those things, then you wanted a different person. And it's not helpful to you to fantasize a relationship with that person as though they were different. They were showing up authentically. And so you made a choice not to be with them. But we have to to think about this when we're uh, approaching relationships. I love that example that you gave.
0: Well, and what, something you just said I want to pick up on real quick before we wrap up. She made the choice, but mm-hmm. she actually made an empowered choice. I love yes. putting the word empowered choice in front of those things. Because the moment you give yourself power to say, here's how I choose to be with you and be honest mm-hmm. with you, that is powerful. That is yeah. empowerment right there.
1: Yeah.
0: Not saying it is disempowering. Yeah. And I'm speaking from yeah. my own experiences. Totally. I I have any, most of my listeners know my backstory. I was never faithful in my marriage ever because I was searching so hard to just feel the, the connection. Sometimes I'm feeling like the love of another man. And yet I could switch that mask right back on. Like, here I am. And the moment that I did come out, it was, it hurt. It really, really hurt. And the moment that I came out, I felt so empowered to finally go live my truth. And it's taken a lot of years of finding out so many things about my own relationship and how I want to work in it and be in it. Yet every step of the way, Mo, 99% of the time when I'm like, okay, here's this has got to be my truth. And I'm going to share that. The relationship hasn't fallen apart. Yeah. Knock on wood, so to speak. Yeah. But if it were to fall apart, I actually think I could go, okay, then we we did what we were meant to do here. Mm. And I don't know that a lot of people can stand that. Would it still hurt? Of course, 22 years of a relationship. It would be hard to watch it go away. I don't think it will, but I'm actually a better person knowing that, Hey, if that's where we go, yeah, it is meant to be. Yeah. So so Mo, I so appreciate you being here. Is there any last like, uh, you know, advice other than get on hinge? Um, (laughs) But any advice if somebody's really struggling with like, I just, I don't know, I just, I want to feel this love and connection. Is there something you'd like to leave the listeners with besides get on Hinge?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I do want them to check out not so frequently asked questions Mm -hmm. if they're curious about identity and dating and they want answers uh, to their questions. And uh, I've given advice on there. So you're going to get some expert advice and you're going to get advice from peers. So I say, check that Mm -hmm. out. Um, when you're, if you're in a place where you're struggling with like showing up authentically, I just encourage you to take the risk, Mm -hmm. take the leap. Uh, we talked about this, like on this episode, if you don't take that risk or you don't take that leap toward your authentic, authentic self, um, then you risk kind of staying the same and you don't ultimately get what you really desire. Uh, Mm -hmm. and if your dream life is uh, one where you're showing up whole to all of your relationships where love is like abundant in your friendships people can't fully see you and accept you or embrace you if you don't Mm -hmm. show yourself Uh, and that might take time I love that the idea of this podcast is about being uncloseted because the closet doesn't have to be door swing wide open you jump Mm -hmm. out like hey uncloseted can be like a journey as well but uh-huh. i think it's uh and i think that it's this instantaneous choice, going back to that from earlier, this instantaneous choice that we make in the moment to be visible, to be seen. You can be doing this moment, and I did this in my gender transition. You can be uncloseted with certain people and start that journey there. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do all of this at once. uh, But the, the goal here is to live your life in a way that's liberating. I'll end with this one little small story Um, because it's really in my mind today. I read somewhere once, Uh, a story about a tiger that lived in a cage its whole life. The cage might've been, let's say five feet by five feet. So imagine this big tiger kind of pacing this small, very, very small surface area. One day the tiger is released back into the wild. Somebody had uh, finally felt some empathy, released the tiger back out into the wild. And the tiger doesn't have a cage, but the tiger is still pacing that five by five Mm. area because it had done that its whole life. And what the invitation is here with authenticity, with acceptance, with celebration is to liberate yourself, to really fully lean into all of your gifts, the things that you came here to do and allow yourself to be seen, allow yourself to be uncaged and uncloseted uh, and just live your life fully. That's my advice. It's really just motivation and love that I just want to send people with.
0: I love that story. And it's so true because- the thing is, is you can continue to walk around in that same circle in that same cage if you don't give yourself permission to go be more authentically who you are.
1: And yeah, it doesn't
0: matter what it is, whether it's, you know, a gender transition or admitting that you're, you know, LGB, it can be that I'm just not happy in my role in my work anymore. You know, yeah. I, I I remember when that happened for me, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this kind of work anymore. And it was scary because it'd been my lifeline. It'd been like, this is a, it was a huge piece of my identity. And sometimes the closet and, you know, we used to, you know, we, in the past, we've been telling lots of different closet stories here on life Uncloseted. We're moved back into really focused on LGBTQ at this point. But I think the beauty of what you just shared Mo is to take that metaphor and that story of the tiger and ask yourself in my world, where am I continuing to pace around yeah Page that does not exist mm-hmm. that's a really powerful um really powerful way to end so wow appreciate you so much man and if anybody wants to connect with mo i'm going to give you a couple of shout outs real quick here uh mo's website is the t-h-e-e mo re.com and um, instagram is love out proud i i highly recommend following mo on love out proud i've been enjoying watching some of the stuff that i get to see and um i just so appreciate you giving of your time and giving of yourself today to my audience mo and wishing you all the best and if there's ever anything else that comes up you'd like to like come back and share something please don't hesitate to reach out so thank you so much so much and thank you all for being listeners and we'll be back in another week with another episode of life uncloseted Hey, hey, Life Uncloseted family, another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted and never stop stepping out, stepping up and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.